0: For the week of November 22nd, 2021, this is the Bad Batch TV Talk from Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into every Star Wars The Bad Batch Disney Plus episode. Today, we are reviewing the fifth episode of the first season of The Bad Batch Rampage in which the Bad Batch seek the information from a potential ally as to why there's
1: a bounty hunter tracking them. Dave, what did you think of this episode? Okay, so this is another great episode. I I feel like I'm saying that every week, but it's true. They're all good. They're all great so far. I haven't really found one that, that hasn't been. But this particular episode... Is is another one where the the clones are still looking for supplies and allies, and they're they're heading off to uh, a planet to to look for a Jedi sympathizer that Echo knew of.
0: And once again, we have Echo kind of bringing in because uh, this is not Echo's first time in quote unquote disobeying orders or going away from the Republic, kind of going against the status quo, if you will. So Echo has all these different things, and then of course he was his mind his entire body was connected at one point to this gigantic computer that was of course breaking the all the the techniques of the republic and how the clones were going to attack so we have echo being resourceful Again, Omega being resourceful just when you think the Bad Batch are going to start searching at a different casino in, on this planet and kind of give up their search. Omega immediately with no real evidence is just intuition, I suppose, or something about the vibe that this lady was sending off. But she figures out who Sid is.
1: Yes. And uh, it, it always amazes me when I when I think about this particular scene. About how this eight to 10 year old clone or not can pick up on this, on this fact that the trained soldiers just completely miss. She, they take her, uh, takes it at her word. Nope. Never heard of this person. Walks away and they get ready to move on. But, but Omega goes, Hey guys, found Sid. It's just great. And,
0: and for some reason, this eases. Sid's questions about the Bad Batch I suppose because she was not going to tell them who she was and then the fact that she has this kind of connection with Omega where when Omega figures out who she is she's like huh okay I guess there's something to be trusted here there might be something worthwhile to discuss Um, and Sid is open to giving them the information they're seeking if they retrieve a kid Who's being sold by these slave traders?
1: Yes, th- this kid. You can't see me doing it, but I'm air quoting "kid" because we we know what's coming. But still, it's it's just it's just fun. They they are going through this whole thing, thinking it's a kid. And Omega here is bringing up the whole argument about what what is slavery like. Geez, she's just learning about all this stuff for the first time. Which which gives you a reason to look into things again for another time, like for just for yourself personally. I mean, you're learning about slavery for the first time through a child's eyes. Like how yeah. how do you you answer that? I'm going to have to deal with that soon with a couple of my kids, just because where they are in their education. Right. So it, it was a it was a nice point pointed thing for me for this episode because you know I I know I'm going to have to try to explain
0: that right, and it's it's so. Interesting because, of course, Omega has the reaction that all people have when they first hear slavery. Like, oh, wait, do just selling of people to do with what you want and they're your property. OK, that seems wrong. Um, but it also kind of brings up this philosophical argument of the creation of the clones. Because right. this is kind of a parallel. Her entire creation was based around this fact as being sold or at least materialized as property. Um, you know, Omega's a clone. Her her new family, they're the Bad Batch clones that were used, um, more or less, but more and more, um, against their will to fight for the
1: Republic. Yeah, the Kaminoans themselves, um, during, I think it was the epi- a couple episodes previous this, to this episode three, I believe they, they referred to the Bad Batch as property when uh, they were discussing needing to get I think one of them back to you know prove to the Empire that their cloning technology is more advanced than any conscripted soldier so they're they're already looked at as property really from the get-go by the Kaminoans at least
0: yeah and then of course in the attack of the clones when Obi-Wan is investigating what's going on on Kamino you know they're bringing up like the original contract was for this many units well units equals clones and so they're being sold at an individual price which adds a you know completely specific uh layer to their whole thing and then again we talked about it uh last episode but the humanization of the clones that uh lucasfilm has spent so much time and Mm -hmm. uh and effort into between this show and of course their other animated series but of course um the clone wars where they really focus on let's make you have a connection here um which makes everything tragic and then we do see that they are forced to do things against their will um rex was not so much beating the inhibitor chip he was just delaying it in the final season of the clone wars he was just kind of delaying it and was telling ahsoka basically to run and then when the inhibitor Mm -hmm. chip is taken out you know you see like oh the clones actually don't want to do this they don't want to be the uh you know the instruments of massacre to the jedi they want to see their friends live and they want peace in the galaxy as well and so it kind of just all that stuff if you've been following uh these animated shows long enough it this entire tiny conversation because this episode is 24 minutes long and this mm-hmm. conversation that lasts about 30 seconds just
1: sends you the feels from all the way back to 2008. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just a small conversation that is, as you say is steeped in so much lore that uh, it's it's a blink and you miss it. I mean, if you haven't seen anything except the bad batch, it's not going to you know, take away from your enjoyment of the episode not at all, but it's certainly something. If you are just watching this series as a first, go back, watch all the seasons, seven seasons of the Clone Wars, and, and then when you come back and you get to this episode again, you'll see it differently. Yeah,
0: yeah and um, it it truly is something that we can't talk about enough. But if you have been following it, you do truly see it, and um, I think this is, you know, Felony behind the scenes when they're thinking about guiding this whole ship. He's there and he's like, hey, let's keep this theme going because this theme, it it characterizes for an audience these characters that, and attack the clones. Like, yeah, we the we get, or I mean, sorry, in Revenge of the Sith, we get Commander Cody. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the first time we hear a clone given, you know, a different name and Obi-Wan having a different, like, very specific connection with this clone. Um, and then, of course, in the Clone Wars, we get that um, with all of the Jedi that we see on screen and their own personal connections, but specifically Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka with their um, with their clones, and so again, it just it does add a layer to this all this le- what was before legend lore, where it was like, what were mm-hmm. the clones doing before and after um, all the stuff that you were speculating about ever since you heard Luke say. Wait, you fought in the Clone Wars? Um, All those things that people just speculated back from 1977, we're starting to see and we're starting to have answers to. So, you know, even though it's an animated show, if you had any of those questions, you should tune in. Absolutely. But in this episode, we have, of course, them going and um, trying to free a kid and that's with quotations um, and Hunter he of course senses the danger that okay we're dealing with slave traders these aren't the most moral individuals um, at any given chance they'll probably take Omega and sell her as well so Omega's going to stay back with the ship and she doesn't like this because this is the interested the curious Omega who's curious to see these new worlds but also has a desire to serve alongside her fellow bad batchers um, and she's kind of, again, put in the situation to save the day because her peers are the ones that quickly get caught. And now the whole plan is upside down.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'll be honest here. I think when I rewatched this the other night, I fell asleep because <laughs> the kids, um, uh, were, they just, they got up really early. Like We're talking four in the morning and I have a blank in my memory and this is it. So I'd love to add to this conversation, but I've got nothing. <laughs> and so this
0: is kind of just the point where we get the reveal uh, towards the end. Once Omega assists her fellow clones of being um, freed, she does it again through her re- uh, her resourcefulness. So she sees, mm-hmm. okay, there's a big cage in the corner. Chances are big cage in the corner is holding something mean, so if I steal the keys from this guy over here, I'll unlock the big cage in the corner and let that cause mischief while I free my friends. And this is where we get the introduction of Moochie, not
1: the kid, the Rancor. Yes, not the kid. Mookie the Rancor. Yeah. No, I'm back now to where I'm supposed to be. Yep. Because it was really interesting to see that the kid they're looking for is, is an animal for all intents and purposes. Um As far as I know, that's all the Rancor is meant to be. We only see one other one, and it's uh, in Jabba's pit that uh, tries to eat Luke uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. But this Rancor uh, is bonds with the group. Uh
0: And is an infant. And we see that this is something that, again, I think Lucasfilm is always intentional with. So from my point of view, this Rancor is the same Rancor that... Mm -hmm. Luke encounters in Jabba's palace. So the first Rancor that we are introduced to in the Star Wars lore, I think this might be it because of course, and we can kind of skip around here. There's no need to keep the order of things, but we see that uh, that Bib Fortuna is actually the one that is seeking uh, Moochie. It's not Sid herself. Sid's just kind of the one that's, that's going to get the payday and she's willing to split that payday with the bad batch. And give them the information they want. But this is the property, and she says it. And this is why I think that this is kind of the same rancor because a number of times this is the property of uh, Jabba the Hutt. This is a rancor that belongs to Jabba. And then Bibbs, the one that kind of retrieves it. And there's kind of that emotional, like uh, very much like pet thing, which we see with the, the Wrangler in. Uh, um, in The Return of the Jedi when, the, of course, the Rancor is uh, killed by the good old smashing of the cage on it. We see kind of the Wrangler being the one who's like crying because his pet died. And so in my, in like right. all the different other things, like the saliva, the way the saliva was dripping down the Rancor's mouth, I do truly think that this is the one. So now we have a name, if you accept that theory, we have a name to the Rancor that Luke kills. How does that
1: make you feel? Well, I never actually put it together like that before, um, but when you mentioned it and went through everything that led you to the decision, I, I can totally see that being the case, because there's no set limit of years as to how long the Rancor lives. We we don't really know the lifespan, so yeah, Moochie could actually be the Rancor that Luke kills to escape from the pit. Huh. And yeah. um,
0: it kind of goes back to the whole theme of slavery, right? Like, cause it does. Jabba's... Rancor is very much in captivity. I mean, there's a chain wrapped around its neck and it's being fed all of, you know, Java's people that he doesn't like or that, that cross him or that he needs to eliminate. And so that's kind of the other um, fun piece to it. But in this episode of the bad batch, we see that this Rancor is, has some sweet qualities to it. I mean, it's kind of like a big, um, softy at some points and there's some comedic stuff in there where Wrecker has to kind of challenge Moochie yep. for authority in order for them to um, capture it and then when they do uh, go forward with the handoff of handing Moochie to Bib, we see that there's this kind of um, sweet goodbye and if this is the same Rancor we just know that now we have a name for an animal you kill. And the number one thing with animals, if you're going to kill them, you don't give them a name. Don't name them. No. And so that kind of, uh, this entire episode, I think was, it was the mission of the week because we didn't get Mm -hmm. any new information. I mean, this was something where Sid just kind of comes back and just tells the batch that they don't know who Finnick is, that she's a bounty hunter and that Sid's informants uh, from the guild are just that she's. Basically, she's a badass and she can kill people pretty effectively. And uh, there's not much you can do about it other than run and get you some friends and get you some money and keep running. But we don't have a reveal as to who is hiring her yet.
1: Yeah, no. And and I think uh, if I remember right for this part that uh, Sid said that uh, Finnick is fairly new at this Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, but for somebody like her quality to be after them is really what drove her to say, get, get yourself some more money, find yourself a place to hide, or just keep on running because she's going to come after you again.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that was my biggest takeaway here was that she they purposefully specified that this is the beginning of Fennec's career. This is where she's starting. There's not much mm-hmm. to know about her. But for some reason – Somebody has hired her specifically to track down either the Bad Batch, but in my theory, Omega specifically, that they're that she's trying to capture Omega. Um, so if that's the case, whoever hired her is aware of the skills of the Bad Batch, which means that they wouldn't just send in some bum to retrieve this package.
1: Yeah, if uh, the Mandalorian had been taking place here, I could so see... Uh Man, the Mando taking this, this on instead of Finnick. If, if we were in a, if we were in a different series, he'd be the, he'd be the one after them. But, um, I think in episode four, just either right near the beginning or right near the end of it, Finnick has a, a holo disc with Omega's picture on it. So you know that she is the target. Yep. So, but, but yeah, to so- ho- hire somebody of that caliber this early on in their career is good is good. N- mm-hmm. Professional is professional. You want the best. And obviously, whoever hired her thinks Finnick is the best for this. And she proved herself in the last episode in spades.
0: Yeah. And even though we kind of get the dialogue in the second season of The Mandalorian, that um, Finnick was kind of. uh, She's basically finishing her life debt to Boba Fett because Boba Fett saved her. But Mm -hmm. there's also, like, from Boba Pets, Boba Pets, Boba Fett's (laughs) point of view that uh she's effective otherwise he'd just i think kind of brush her off like listen i don't need your uh life debt like get out of here but he recognizes the effectiveness of her as well which may or may not be the reason that he chose to uh to save her when he did um but we get this uh, kind of theme because again we're not done with Finnick and we're probably not done with Finnick and the bad batch and we're definitely not done with Finnick and the you know, greater realm of Star Wars
1: content. No, not at all. is going to be a a major player in the book of Boba Fett coming up in this in December, just starting just near the end of December.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's at the least, but other than that, do you have any other takeaways?
1: No. um, Finnick. uh, This is another place where we were like last week, we were on the same page as far as uh, what the takeaway was. And Finnick being really early in her career and being sent after such a high value target speaks volumes, and that's what I was taking away as well.
0: Well, you can keep up with the show throughout the week on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and by emailing us at hello at starwarsTVTalk dot com. You can find the rest of our shows online at starwarsTVTalk dot com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You can find more TV Talk podcasts at tvtalk.fm. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you always.